0: your secret to being married so long (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, i think it is i think there's a couple of things um number one i think that having a sense of humor and being able to laugh at some of the things that would otherwise get us real angry and then work on them from that perspective rather than from the perspective of harsh words that we're saying. I think another reason is I have a wife who has put up with a lot of stuff early in my career. There was a time when she could have easily put my suitcases on the porch and said, you're out of here. You, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you need to be out of here. She's been very, very patient and, and then I think the third reason is that um, I, I have acknowledged that she's always right.
0: <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Chit and Chat, a podcast for encouraging one another. I'm your host, Jody Shuffield, and today I have another exciting guest, a comedian. Uh, and best selling author, frequent radio and television guest, and one of the most sought out, inspirational, and motivational speakers in the world, Ken Davis. His mixture of science-splitting humor and inspiration delights enriches audience of all ages. He has received a Dove Award for his unique brand of comedy and message. I'm so excited today to be having on Ken Davis and sit back and relax. We'll make you laugh. We'll make you think. And our goal is to encourage somebody somewhere. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ken Davis.
1: How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much.
0: How was your vacation?
1: It was wonderful. It was supposed to rain the entire time. And, um, It turned out that uh, we had beautiful, warm weather until the day we left, and then it dropped into the uh, mid fifties. So we did good.
0: That's Washington weather right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, he's my friend now, Mr. Ken Davis. It is my honor to have him on the show. I I love watching his videos. Uh, One of the videos I watched was called "Fully Alive," and just what an inspirational uh the show or presentation it's all the above i think it was so emotional i I love that one
1: yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed making that uh that came as a result well you you know from watching it that came as a result of seeing a picture of me 60 pounds overweight and unable to tie my shoes let alone Saved the life of a little girl that was, I was holding my little granddaughter's hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just decided that uh, I had to make some changes and it, it was amazing.
0: Well, what, what year was that?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> that's gotta be, that's gotta be about, I was 55 at the time. I'm 75 now. So figure okay. it out. <laughs> a couple of years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I watch one of your videos and I do the Macarena every day I leave the house. I do my, there walk, you my phone check, my chat check check, and my key check. <laughs> what weird okay. would you want to bring back?
1: I would bring back bell bottom pants <laughs> because you're able to put on and take off your uh pants without without taking your shoes off. That's that's, that's what I would bring back.
0: Uh, I was in the Navy during dungaree time, and that was, uh, yeah, working yep. with those was very difficult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I told somebody the other day, it's so funny being 75 years old. I told somebody the other day I had two pieces of good news. You know, it was Easter, so I said, The Lord has risen. And the second piece of good news is I, I didn't fall over putting my second foot in the underwear this morning. <laughs>
0: oh that's awesome uh hey what was the last comedy show you had you actually went to go see you've been any comedy shows in a while
1: i haven't been for a while the last one i went to see i believe was oh if i could think of his name now um when we oh he had kind of a um australian accent and he used to be on tv and i cannot remember his name right now he was fantastic absolutely fantastic okay yeah
0: it may come to you during our conversation
1: <laughs> yeah yeah or or tonight when i'm wake up in the middle of the night
0: uh you're so you're in tennessee correct yes uh, I, i'm born and raised in arkansas so if i flew down to tennessee and visit you where were we going out to eat what's your favorite spot to go eat down there
1: Oh, my favorite spot to eat uh, is—it's actually a little uh, breakfast place called Walnut Hill. Oh, wow! And it stays open till noon, and they serve—they serve um, the kind of food that I still eat at noon. Um, It's a taco, a a um, egg taco. uh, Okay. Big taco with a special kind of spicings in it and sausage. And I really enjoy that. And there's some kind of topping they put on that's top secret that <laughs> you can't, you know, I'm, I'm not in that level of uh, security. So I don't know what. Gotcha. To...
0: That does sound good. My wife, my wife's favorite meal is she was born in Passagoula, Mississippi, and we've been in Washington. Uh, she's been in Washington most all of her life. She loves making grits. Eggs, toast, and bacon any time of the day. So uh, she makes some really good grits.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm from the north. Okay. And I don't want you to be offended by this, but I, I do not want you to even say the word grits uh, in this in this whole podcast. <laughs> what is a grit? <laughs> Jeez. It's what you use to spackle the cracks in the bathroom in the between the tiles. It's just. Uh... Okay. <laughs> I am not a grit person.
0: <laughs> what person from history would you want to add to Mount Rushmore past present historical would Jesus go up there you think or somebody else
1: who did you say who I, I said Jesus uh, but... oh yeah he should be there but um oh, uh, as a as an influential president um this is gonna sound funny but it would be a choice between one and two for me okay um um it would either be ronald reagan or it would be um kennedy one of the yeah i i am a republican but i appreciated what uh what ronald reagan uh i mean what um kennedy did and i also appreciated ronald Ronald reagan
0: when i was growing up uh my it was uh, president reagan's birthday so i said a birthday card there you go and nancy's yeah, picture of them were lucky so i was I, my favorite president of all time <laughs>
1: wow that's great
0: hey what was your first job and where was it this is a few years ago isn't it
1: yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> you already know that dude <laughs> my first job was uh when i was just out of high school and it was on a sod farm um they made they they i i ran a crew actually i was the i was the um The leader of this crew, and we cut sod, rolled it, loaded it on trucks, and sent them away to be sold, Mm. and uh, we did that all day long, and then we also had to uh, keep the sod fields uh, mowed and uh, fertilized and all of that stuff, so yeah, that was my very first, very first job, and I actually enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it.
0: What age was that?
1: I probably was... um, 18 at the time
0: okay and uh last question really before we dive in some great conversation who inspired you to be who you are today
1: uh it was an english teacher i believe this uh you probably saw this on the on the uh, movie that was made but um um i had used a pretty bad word to try and get my classmates to laugh because then they wouldn't beat me up and i that kind of was where my self-worth was loaded, and she made me stay after school, and um, my parents had to come and get me, and back then, you need to know, uh, Jody, that when your parents came, they didn't bring a lawyer. Uh, they, they brought weapons of mass destruction. You know, yeah, two, belt sticks. Yeah, two-by-fours with um, barbed wire wrapped around it, stuff like that. They always took the teacher's side. And it would take them about 40 minutes to get to school and then 40 minutes back. Mm. So while I was waiting, the teacher had to stay, too, because she was, was going to lecture me and tell me what the penalty was. She, I pulled my desk up to hers. Frances Peterson was her name. And when she finished correcting papers, she said, your parents are going to be here in a little while. Look at me. She said, look at me. And I looked at her and she said, Kenneth Alpheus Davis. That's my full name never spoken like that unless absolute disaster follows right and then she said uh, you know son god has given you a gift and you're using it to destroy my class she said that ends now on monday we're going to sign you up to go out for speech you're going to enter a humorous interpretation and um uh, you're going to go out for speech and of course being a smart kid i said i'm not going out for speech my <laughs> My friends are wearing letter jackets that have hockey sticks and footballs and those emblems all over their jacket. I will not walk around this school with a set of lips flapping off of my jacket. And she said, oh, yes, you will, because the alternative is unthinkable. When my parents got there, this beautiful, I mean, she was an older lady. When I say beautiful, her heart was just unbelievable. She said Mm -hmm. to my parents, I wanted you to be here. Uh, Kenneth is going out for speech. And I hope you'll support him in that. Uh, He has an unbelievable ability to communicate. And so um, she never disclosed what had gone on in class. And I never forgot it. And it was the beginning of a 50, 60 year career. Wow. You, were you in contact
0: with her for a while? Is she still living? Or...
1: Oh, no, no. She passed okay. away. I okay. had a chance to do a show in California where she mm. lived. And um, I found out that she was in the audience. She had notified me somehow that she was going to be at that program. And I had a chance to bring her up on stage and give her a dozen roses. Oh, wow. she died shortly after that. But uh, she was... We need to be encouraging people all the time. We we have no idea the effect that a couple of great words like that can have on a life.
0: And that was really my concept doing this podcast is there was so much negativity going on. I'm like, how can I share some encouragement? And Chit and Chat was actually a coffee shop idea I had a number of years ago. Just so I wanted a small place for coffee and you hang out and just chit and chat about life. And it never happened, so I bring it to a podcast. So that's kind of how... Chit and chat the podcast
1: kind of came about oh wow wow that's great Uh, i like the whole idea of encouraging people that that's and you know right now we live in a society that tends to go the opposite direction yep uh, just um society that's kind of lost its sense of humor that is quick to get on the internet and you know Tear someone to shreds because they said something they disagree with. So I think it's, I think it's a good thing that you're doing.
0: Thank you. Uh, for those who don't know who Ken Davis is, would you mind sharing a, a, a brief bio about yourself? Uh, married and, and you know, kids and etc.
1: Yeah, um, I was. Um, mar- yes, I am married. I have two daughters, um, Tracy and Taryn. And they are no longer children. In fact, they have given me six grandchildren, and um, adorable kids. Spent that time at the, uh, spent time at the beach with those kids last week. Had a marvelous time. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, they they laid in the sun, and and I uh, stayed kind of in the com. The sun and I are not good friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I'm having an operation next week because of what i did what the son did to me when i was young so yep
0: uh you're married i think 44 years is that correct
1: uh 54
0: 54 excuse me yeah yeah i was looking online the average length we you and i are above average the average length of marriage today is 8.2 years so you're like you know, uh, uh, seven times average
1: <laughs> are you serious
0: 8.2 years is the average marriage i i hit 29 this year
1: Okay, hang on just a second. I'm going to close the door so my wife doesn't hear that. She yeah, she'd be out. She'd have a lawyer in here in a second. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: 54 years. That's amazing. Yep. Uh, what is your secret to being married so
1: long? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. It is, I think there's a couple of things. Um, Number one, I think that having a sense of humor and being able to laugh at some of the things that would otherwise get us real angry and then work on them from that perspective rather than from the perspective of harsh words that we're saying. I think another reason is I have a wife who has put up with, a lot of stuff early in my career there was a time when she could have easily put my suitcases on the porch said you're out of here you Mm -hmm. you know you you need to be out of here she's been very very patient and and then i think the third reason is that um i i have acknowledged that she's always right
0: (laughs) can you share about the uh the don't, don't, a duck, and donut uh, at the stoplight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, she, uh, I like to sleep, and I believe that uh, the you ladies who are listening, I, I hope you'll understand and allow me to give you some instruction. Um, nighttime is not the time for conversation or conflict resolution. Okay, mm-hmm. it's for sleep. It is for sleep. And marriages last a lot longer when wives let their husbands sleep at night. So I was just about asleep one night and I heard my wife go, are you sleeping? And so I turned and said, uh, I, I was. What is the problem? She said, um, I've been thinking And I said to her, stop, Uh, go to sleep. What's wrong with you? And she said, you don't share your feelings anymore. (laughs) And we got into this thing, you know, because I I believe that men and women express their feelings different. We both have feelings, but Mm -hmm. uh, men don't generally share their feelings in a way that women want them to share feelings you know a a woman will talk about that she felt this ache and then it went up in her throat and and tears begin to roll and you know you know when a man's had a bad day and has bad feelings by how far the cat flies across the room so um i but i love her i've loved her for 54 years so we i i said let's talk about this in the morning so we talked about it and i kind of made a resolution that i would share my feelings so about a week later we were uh, because it takes about a week for enough to build up to share but uh, about a week later we were down near florida at an intersection and i looked across the street at a place that um sold food that i couldn't eat anymore as you know in that in the movie and in the book i talk about the fact that i lost 65 pounds and one of the ways i did that was i stayed out of this place right um I was obsessed with this place. I remember driving around that place one time, seeing it, and I made a right-hand turn. And I, I literally said a prayer. I said, Lord, if you want me to eat here, please open up a parking spot. <laughs> and yeah, I did. And sure <laughs> enough, half an hour later, one opened up and I pulled into it. <laughs> and But anyway, I, I looked across the street and here's this place I can't eat anymore. And so I... I Showed emotion, you know. It was almost as I heard a voice from heaven say, "You know, you're sad. That's an emotion. Share it." And so I did it the way a man does. I I looked at the place and I said the place with great feeling and emotion. I said, "Oh, Dunkin' Donut." And my wife Diane said, "What?" I said, "Dunkin' Donut." She said, "What?" I got upset. I I did. I turned to her and said, baby, what part of Dunkin' Donut don't you understand? And she turned to me. And we all have these moments with these conflicts. And she said, Ken, don't condone what? <laughs> and, and I didn't say don't condone it. I said Dunkin' Donut. There's a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. And we pulled over the car and laughed so hard, stuff was shooting out our nose. And then, then we decided that we also got to work on making things clear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, your, your, your comedy is, 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 are you, you, consider? because there, let you know, back up. Holy moly, my tongue just got tied. Do you <laughs> have, consider yourself a Christian comedian or a clean comedian, or is there a difference?
1: Well, I'm a comedian who's a Christian. Okay. That's, that's the way I'd, I'd explain it. So the things that I talk about aren't always just church jokes or anything like that. Right. But I'm a person who likes to use my humor to share a bit of my faith. And I've always said it this way, as a believer, of course, I, I, I would love to see other people come to know the Lord. And so I like to use my comedy to not necessarily have a big invitation for that, but always to bring a person just one or two steps closer you know, to making that uh, decision. One or two steps closer to the, to the cross. Christian comedian really has a negative connotation okay. in, as a, I was one of the first ones to come along. Mm-hmm. I can only think of one before me. And uh, eventually what happened was the connotation was not funny. You know, they didn't talk about things that relate to us and um, their jokes weren't funny. So um, I've, you know, it's funny when you when you meet a plumber uh, who goes to church and believes in God. Nobody ever says to him, "Are you a Christian plumber, or are you, a, you know, <laughs> are you just a plumber?" What, what, what would you say you are? He's a plumber and he's a believer. And right. so that's what I am. And and um, fifty fifty years of doing this, I'll tell you, I've been blessed. I have never had to make a phone call to ask people to to hire me. I've never had to have an agent make phone calls. I've had to just have an agent answer the phone. And and it's been more than I've been able to handle. A lot of times I have had to turn down a lot of events. And that's a blessing. I count that as a blessing.
0: You've been in church all your life. Did your mom and dad kind of keep you in, in church?
1: And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With a chain. Yeah, they kept me in there. <laughs> they had chains on me. And, and uh, yeah, all my life. If the doors opened, we were there. If yep. the door's open now, we moved from a wonderful church in Tennessee and moved down to a lake. And, um, and that was at the beginning of COVID. And so we have been here and we are still searching for uh, a church that is as good as the one we were in. It was, it was amazing. The teaching was just unbelievable. Mm. Uh, while I was
0: prepping to uh, interview you, I watched a lot of your videos. Uh I backtracked and saw the remember the first one I saw was you with uh Shonda Pierce. It was uh she was kind of telling you that she was pregnant in the skit. Yeah, and
1: I didn't get it.
0: <laughs> I'm like, that's a, that was a, that's the first time I saw you. Yeah. And later I just came across dinner conversations with you and Shonda and Mark Lowry. Yeah, great concept. I love that concept. And you said something that, that really got me. You said We live in a humorous society. Everyone's offended by everything, and I cannot agree with you more.
1: Yep, a humorless society. That's right. And it's it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Do you know many of my comedians who who would not call themselves people of faith or anything, just regular club comedians, will not do colleges anymore? Wow. Because uh, they get booed for the smallest little thing. Every everything is offends um it's just it's crazy it is literally crazy uh i'm glad that i've spoken to an audience that's a little more graceful than that
0: right uh you did
1: dry bar comedy too for Lua, didn't you i did one yeah i did one i'd like to do another one that was really fun that was really fun uh that was the last time i was on an airplane without a mask the next time we'll be the next time I'm on an airplane without a mask, according to the news. But um, yeah, we we rode there, and um, it was uh, that was just just a blast.
0: I've had a few uh, comedians on. you did my fifth comedian I've had on. I've had Bob Smiley and yep. Drew Barth, who is also on Dry Bar comedy. He's a local comedian, and, and Carrie Pomeroli. I I, I love getting stories from comedians how they got started in life and 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 you're watching your stuff and about uh driving your kids in the car i had four kids have four kids they're adults now and and the my dad said it when i was was a kid do you want me to come back there on the highway doing oh yeah
1: (laughs) i have said that many times myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and i did a you know it's interesting you talk about um you talk about people not having a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I told the story of driving to church, you know, with kids that are basically demon-possessed from the time they woke up in the morning <laughs> and fighting in the back seat like mortal enemies and how I would reach back there to try and stop them. <laughs> and a lady wrote me a letter, and she said, uh, you call yourself a Christian, she said. By the way, for your listeners, anybody that starts a letter like that, don't read it. It's not going to be a good uh, good letter. Mm-hmm. Four pages. The end page, she said instead of making us laugh, which I did, instead of us telling about the Lord, which I did. <laughs> he said you encouraged us to abuse our children. <laughs> Are you, can you believe that? Wow. I'm going to tell you that put me in the dumps. Mm. Uh, I get thousands and thousands of letters and emails and messages People whose lives have been saved who were going to commit suicide, I get this one letter, and I obsessed over that for weeks. Wow! I decided never to tell that story again, ever. And I was standing in front of an audience, and about halfway through the show, I couldn't remember what the next next story was, and and that story was sitting on my shoulder, going, "Tell me, tell me." And oh. so I decided to tell it one more time. Before I finished the story. It's a true story. Before I finish the story, I saw an elderly man walking up to the front. He stood at the edge of the stage until I finished. And then he walked over to me, poked me in the chest, and said, When you were talking about swinging your arm at those children in the back seat, he said, God taught me a lesson about that a long time ago. <laughs> and I froze. I just froze. Uh oh. I said, What? I didn't know what to say i just said what what did he teach you and that little old guy got a, a glimmer in his eye and he leaned forward and whispered in my ear god taught me that a touch on the brakes brings them right into play <laughs> 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 and my question to my audiences is this if you were to go on a cruise and you could only go with one other person who would you go with the four-page letter writer or a little old guy with a twinkle in his eye.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So
1: true, so true. Yep.
0: Uh, on your special, Fully Alive, I love your opening dialogue. As you're you're flying down those mountains at, what, 50 miles an hour? 40,
1: Sorry. 40, yeah, 40. Oh,
0: goodness, that was so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were going down that mountain. All of the kids were on sleds. Uh, we had a home at that time in the mountains, and that was about a mile-long run. And by the time you got halfway down, I'm telling you, you were flying. And I passed up all the kids and then made uh, shifted my weight and smashed into the snow. But that, it was great. It was a, It was a defining moment for me because I thought, how many people get to experience this? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, how come my life isn't like this? I realize it can't be a thrill a minute every day, but how come I can't feel the life that I feel now with my, you know, my drawers full of snow and, and my face freezing and my hands freezing and hearing the sound of little kids now passing me up yelling, we won, we won. Uh, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, you, you shared some amazing
0: airport stories. I'll, I'll tell you a brief one and we'll get to some a couple, a couple of yours. We flew from Seattle to Little Rock and we're coming back home with our parents and my TSA guy's going to my son's suitcase several times. I'm like, what's in your suitcase, dude? Uh toys? All right. So back and forth, back and forth. There are more TSA guys are coming. And I'm like, oh boy, what's my son, what'd he do? You know? They found out it was a Star Wars X-Wing ship and they thought it was a gun.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness
0: that's a, gr- a couple of great ones as well right
1: <laughs> oh oh yes <laughs> Yep. yeah they went after after 9-11 it got real it got real interesting i uh i got you know i i had uh my watch set off one of the one of the wands they used to use you remember those yep. they would make little beeping noise while my watch evidently created a national emergency sound, and <laughs> he made me pull up my sleeve. And he pointed to my watch, and he said, "What's that?" <laughs> and I could, I can't stop my lips. If they start moving, I can't, I can't stop them. And I said, "Well, in Tennessee, we call that a watch." I said, "This one's got a lifetime guarantee. When it quits, a little razor blade comes out and slits your wrist." <laughs> <laughs> well, now I know what a full body search is, by the way. Oh, and then this guy, later, another time, a guy came with, um, uh, he found fingernail clippers in there. Do you remember when they were an issue? Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) And he said, what are these? And I started to think, these people have never seen stuff like watches and fingernail clippers. But I didn't say anything. I just said, uh, sir, fingernail clippers. That's We call them in Tennessee, fingernail clippers. He said, what are you planning to do with them? And again, I should have kept my mouth shut, but I said, I, I thought maybe after the airplane took off, I could, you know, make my way through the fuselage with him. <laughs> oh, I, I saw the look on his face, man, and I just found a room and got naked by myself.
0: <laughs> I knew
1: they'd send somebody in, experience that full body search again.
0: Things you don't say at an airport. Yes,
1: that's right. And a sense of humor. There's where you do not practice a sense of humor. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be... To
0: start your comedian uh, career in the airport that's probably yep
1: yeah
0: uh, you and i have a lot in common we uh i have four kids i walked my oldest daughter down the aisle uh, a number of years ago and when she was about one or two i was rocking her and i my wife comes in and checks on me and i'm crying She says, why are you crying for i just saw her entire life flash my eyes when you're little and she graduated and she married yep. Oh, my goodness. And believe it or not, our kids are growing with their kids. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. My oldest kids now, my oldest child now, my oldest child now is, I think, 47. Mm-hmm. And it's just beyond belief for me. Uh, just crazy. My oldest grandchild is going on 23. Wow. So it's it's an amazing time.
0: During your career, did you receive a lot of encouragement from people? You mentioned earlier that you you, you help people, uh, your words, that God He's given you the gift. You may help folks in suicide. And, and do people give you encouragement uh, that to that your words and what God's doing through you is helping them in their church Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, like I said, thousands. I, I mean, the, the, by the thousands, I still get, you know, because of Facebook, there's people that come out of the woodwork that uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, we're in some meeting and they, they tell me now that they have reconnected about what happened in that meeting. I also got tons of encouragement from um, you know, people that weren't considered audience, my peers, mm-hmm. just tons of encouragement from my peers. Um, uh, yeah, it was all along the way that that has been, that has been the case. The kind of thing that I talked about with the letter, I can probably count on one hand. The time that I've received that kind of, that kind of um, discouraging words, which also, by the way, discouraging words affect people for a long time mm-hmm. and can change lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lady tell me once, and and I shared it with a friend and. He got a bunch of guys together that sat with me and helped me undo what what she had said. But she came up to me afterwards and she said, uh, you know, God doesn't need your silliness. Mm-hmm. Just, just uh, stop it. He doesn't need your jokes and your laughter. And um, that's interesting. It's just uh, they told me that my friends told me um, she, she worships a different God. Mm -hmm. because uh, he'll use everything you got.
0: When in your career did it really hit you that God, this was God's plan for you to be in this ministry, to share your heart and share encouragement and share life with others?
1: Well, I think it was when I decided instead of to do the ministry, was was to do uh, nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And I started doing nightclubs and was very successful, uh, comedy clubs. And um, I I got to be real good friends with the owners of these clubs, and they liked me because it was different than some of the things that they were hearing, you know, from the other comedians, and it would draw people that wouldn't usually come. And um, one time I was walking out, and that time, I got to tell you this story, that time I had received a standing ovation in the nightclub. And the owner came up after I was done, and he said, I've owned this nightclub for X number of years. He said, people clap, they they applaud, but this is the only standing ovation I've ever heard. And he said, um, and he didn't, I wish I could use the exact, I remember the exact words he used, but he said, and he didn't have to use any foul language. That isn't the words he used, but that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to say, isn't that blankety-blank wonderful? Isn't that blank? This is one of the most blankety-blank nights I've ever heard in my life. And I loved the fact that we were friends. He knew what I stood for. But I thought it was kind of interesting that he applauded me for not using them. And and then he used all the ones that I possibly could have used. (laughs) But then I walked out of that place after that marvelous evening. Sitting on the front steps was one of the girls that was serving drinks and stuff to the people and uh, she was crying and I said what's what's wrong and she said I didn't get any tips I, I got stiffed and nobody nobody tipped. Mm-hmm. I can't get home so I got enough money for her to get a taxi and we called a taxi and I waited till she was on her way home and as I was driving home I realized I want to do something that allows me to touch people's lives, mm-hmm. not only just to encourage them, but also to let them know about it, the kind of encouragement and love and hope that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the turning point. I still went there sometimes. I still did shows there sometime. But I knew that my aim, my real aim, was to was to be able to tell people about the good news of God's love, and to be able to uh, impact lives.
0: And I just watched you know, fully, fully Alive a few days ago, and I watched it a few years ago, but watching it again last week or so, my eyes watered, I'm like, and I saw things in very different perspectives than I have in my early, watching it earlier, and my eyes watered, and I'm like, man, this is impacting, and, and how, what does Fully Alive mean to
1: you? It means uh, it means being everything that God created you to be. It means physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually, never settling for second best, um, continually seeking excellence in all of those areas of your life. You know, people have separated those things, but I'm going to tell you, when I weighed two hundred and fifty some pounds or whatever it was. Um, I was unable to do some things that God probably wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do I couldn't tie my shoes. You know, I, I, there was a picture of me holding hands with my little granddaughter who later got lost in the mountains. And, and if she had been a hundred yards out in the surf, I couldn't have saved her. Mm-hmm. And that picture was the inspiration for me to, to start there. And I started there, and it's so interesting how those aspects, physical, mental, social, and spiritual, are tied together in our lives. Because when I began to get well physically, it touched every other of those areas in my life, every single one of them.
0: Wow. Uh, You shared a story about getting ready for your
1: triathlon,
0: uh, about a fossil of a man who passed you. Can you share about that a little bit?
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he was a fossil. That guy that's was. Yeah. Yeah. He was. That, that was an old, old guy. He was. It was like watching a skeleton ride by. But anyway, I could hear him. I was riding up this hill. And uh, there's a lot of story that surrounds this uh, that's on a video. But I was riding up this hill. It was one of the first times I'd made it up the hill without stopping. And I heard behind me this sound. <clears throat> And I turned and looked, and here comes this old guy. And as I turned to look, he came up beside me, uh, 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 turned and smiled, and he said, and he said, uh, live, live, never stop. I do this to live. Uh, uh, He said, I don't do it to stay alive, uh, uh, but I had a stroke or something. I don't remember right now. It's been a long time ago, A, a stroke, and he was unable to walk. And now he's riding the bike, and he's probably 30 years older than me, and he's passing me. (laughs) And I thought, I can't let this happen. I cannot let this fossil get up the hill before I do. But I couldn't catch him. And as he crested the hill and went down the other side, he turned and waved and yelled, live. And that was in the middle of the time when I was writing this book, and I thought, that guy's an example of what I want to be. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to look that old. I just want to. I want to be able to do what he did.
0: As we get close to wrapping up. Uh, how can people follow you? Do you have, you have a website and a uh, schedule at all, or are you just gonna go, just go where they tell you to go?
1: I do the best place to the best place to see what's available now is to go to YouTube. Okay. And just search Ken Davis. Okay. And then if you come to my website, if you see something on YouTube that you'd like to see more of, um, particularly with the um, With the videos, we have a lot of videos available. My books sold completely out, and we're trying to get those reprinted. But um, if you see some videos there that you'd like, Fully Alive is available. We can get more of those. And um, I know that people would enjoy that. Um, uh, Under the Influence is there, uh, where I went to a doctor, and he gave me Darvon or some kind of painkiller and told me I couldn't drive. And I thought he was, I thought he was just talking about, you know, he was just saying I'm not a very good driver. So I drove and I got almost home and this policeman stopped me and he said, sir, do you know how fast you were going? And I said, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to speed. And he said, no, no, you were going seven miles an hour and they'll have to listen to the rest of the tape to hear the end of that. But he was very kind. He had my wife come and get me and. He found out that I was on medication and not drugs or anything like that.
0: That's awesome. You know, and God knew today that we'd get together and and have a a great conversation. uh, And any words of encouragement you can share with others uh, that will help them, whatever they're going through, Um, just any words of wisdom for someone struggling?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to be honest with you for a man who loves being around people, COVID really had an impact on me emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I need, uh, having come through that and having worked to come through that, I need to tell people, remind people what I had to remind myself of. There's no disease. There's no leader attacking other nations. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ and his plan. Amen. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I have to tell this story, and I'll let this let this be the punchline for the encouragement I'm giving. Okay. We were in South America, and uh, I I have over the years worked with compassion, helping young young children all over the world. Uh, they have an amazing program, and uh, we were visiting a family that lived over a river, which was really a it was a sewer. Human waste flowed in that river along with dead animals. It was, you could hardly stand there. And they had a little hut that was over there. And we were talking with them and, and we were going to pray for them. And uh, we were asking what, what she wanted us to pray for. And in the process of asking her that, we said, we know that there's some political things going on here. And that there may be a new leader who is not as, um, you know, not the best leader for this country. Um, What are you going to do if he gets elected? And this woman who's living in abject poverty over a stinking river, raising two little daughters by herself Mm. in a shed that has a grass roof that when it rains, there's only one spot in the shed that doesn't get rained on looked at us, and through a translator said, we don't put our faith in politicians. Yep. Our faith is in Jesus. And I, I walked away from there going, that's what I want to be like.
0: Powerful. If you're ever in Washington State, I'd love to have coffee with you. I don't know what your schedule is, but if you're over here, I'd love to have sit down and do a face-to-face. And I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And uh, may may God bless you and your family. And just thank you for your impact you're having on communities, towns, families. And thank you so much for for taking the time out to have you you on my podcast. Thank you, sir.
1: You are very, very welcome. And uh, I will send you an invoice as to where you can send the money I need for this.
0: Uh, I will talk to the wife. (laughs)
1: Okay then I won't expect anything. <laughs> bless you man.
0: I'll give you prayers and and, and may God bless you for all you do.
1: Thank you very much. God bless. Bye bye.
0: What a great conversation we had with Ken Davis. Uh, a comedian who at 75 years old is nonstop. He is continually doing shows and making people laugh, sharing his uh, a gift that God has given him. And uh, it was great talking to him. If you haven't heard of Ken Davis, you haven't seen any of his videos. I highly recommend going to YouTube and you're watching video After video, after video, if you don't get a chance to see him in person, YouTube is the place to go to, uh, keep back and relax and watch some of his amazing videos. They're so funny. And they each share a story. It'll make you chuckle, make you laugh. You've probably been in some situations that he has been in as well. And so it was a great time to talk with him. And, And I'm so thankful too, of the guests I've had on the past three months, comedians, Uh, musicians, uh, authors, uh, CEOs, and founders of different ministries and organizations. What a great privilege that I've had to do that. And even though I don't have a lot of listeners, I'm good with that. I am doing what I want to do and encourage somebody out there. And I think Ken said this, as well as the guest previously uh, said this as on the show, that the smallest little thing that we do or we say to someone could make a huge impact on their life and their walk, uh, whatever they're going through. Your one kind word, have a good day, or you look nice today, or whatever it could be could just brighten their whole day, their whole week, their whole month. So don't be afraid to step out of your box and encourage someone. Share kindness with someone. Share hope with someone. Share your faith with someone. And so, I am just so excited to continue doing this. And, and I'm reaching out to people far and wide, anyone I can find that has a story, that can share some encouragement with you. If you perhaps have a story and you want to share some encouragement, reach out to me. Let me know. I would love to get you on and talk to you and, and, and in hopes to sh- encourage somebody uh, somewhere out there who could be struggling. So, thank you so much. For having the Chit and Chat podcast, Chit and Chat, encouraging one another podcasts. As we encourage one another, we can make positive ripples, positive changes in our towns, in our communities, in our cities. Thanks for joining today. This is Chit and Chat. This episode of Chit and Chat was brought to you by Veteran Roasters Coffee. Each purchase of Veteran Roasters Coffee helps employ one of tens of thousands of U.S. military veterans who have found hardship and difficulty upon transitioning home from service. They promise you the best beans from the best veteran-owned coffee company. Veterans helping veterans one cup at a time. Use the code CHITCHAT25 to receive 25% off your purchase at VeteranRoasters.com.